Welcome to the Emancipate Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, certified religious transition and trauma recovery coach, Terry Hales. I help people step out of the shadows of religious fear and shame and embrace their authentic selves with love and empathy. If you're ready to throw off the shackles of learned binary thinking and explore a more nuanced approach to life, this is your playground. Welcome back to the Emancipate Mind podcast. It has been a week, y'all. As we are launching the beta testing group for this app, it's been so exciting. I've gotten to talk to so many of you. We have had some amazing phone conversations. I've learned so much about your stories and where you're coming from and what you really, really want. And it has not only informed this course that I'm putting on the app to begin with, and I'm so excited for those of you who have already signed up to work with me on the beta version of this app. For those of you who have not signed up, you'll be listening to this after the deadline has already passed. Don't worry, it's going to be going live in September, so everything that the beta group goes through and helps me edit, helps me figure out, helps me perfect, that will all be going public in September. So you'll have access to the very first course. The very first course is all about identity recovery. It's all about building self-trust and self-confidence and moving forward with a firm sense of understanding who you are, what you value, what you want, what you believe, and making decisions from that anchored sense of knowing, which is a big issue for a lot of us who've left high-demand religion. It's one of the more universal issues that we all have is wondering, who am I separate from the high-demand religion? What parts are authentically me? What parts are just the childhood indoctrination? How do I parse those things apart? And how do I start figuring out who I am, and what feels good for this new life of mine now that I have become nuanced in my religion, changed religions, or left religion altogether. No matter which one of those you're doing, there's a lot of deciding what you want to keep and what you want to let go of, and it can be a confusing process. And this course takes you through from the very beginning to being able to listen to your emotions and reconnect with your intuition, using that to help you really root into what your inner knowing is telling you about what you value and what you believe now and what doesn't fit anymore and what you want. And then we also use the intuition to help you root into any messages or resistance you have with the new things that are coming up. So what are the shoulds and the musts and what parts of you are hard to accept? What things do you feel drawn towards, but you're also embarrassed or ashamed about or afraid of? We get into all of that. And then the process that takes the longest, which is embodying the new you, which is basically just creating new neural pathways, right? Getting out of the old patterns and creating new neural patterns in your life that will support you as you move forward in life. So I'm really excited about that, but the group, you guys, the group is going to be so amazing. I'm so excited to work one-to-one with everyone, and 
Um, if you're getting this on the app, I'm so excited there too, because I think you are going to really be blown away by the information that's provided there and how you get a new thing every single day. But as I'm sure you can imagine, between getting the app all set up, getting this group all set up, talking to people all the time, there really hasn't been a lot of time for research. So we're going to kind of go on a little adventure. I'm actually going to take you through one of the day's worth of work in the course, because I think that's important. So This is something I'd already done a lot of research on, so it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. We can have this conversation at 11 o'clock at night here in my bedroom, and it gets to be, you know, it gets to be easy breezy. So I'm mostly going to be talking from the top of my head, from the research that I've done, and from the coaching that I've done regularly with clients. So go ahead and pause for a minute, grab a pen and paper. You're going to need something to write with and get curious with because if you were in a course with me, we would be really getting curious with ourselves. And as you guys know from previous podcasts, I love writing as a way to access the subconscious. So go and get a pen and either, you know, some pretty paper if you want or some scrap paper. If you want to write on the back of a bill envelope, that's cool too. So go and grab some paper. And let's really dig into values today. This is a big one. Part of understanding who you are after you've left high demand religion is figuring out what we believe in value, right? For many of us, our values and our beliefs were handed to us by parents, by our religion, by society, and we haven't really ever sought to think Is this something I personally believe or personally value? Or is this someone else's value that I've just adopted and always carried with me and never questioned? So this episode is going to help us figure out why values are important and how they drive our sense of confidence and purpose, how they affect our behavior and our decisions, and then also how to start figuring out what your personal values are and parsing them out from values that maybe you were handed as a child that maybe you've never examined, okay? Before we get started, what I'm gonna ask you to do is come with a beginner's mind, okay? A lot of times when it comes to our values, we can be pretty hard and fast about those and not very curious about what our values are. We can just assume these are our values, they're static, we don't question them, this is just how we should live life, and we really do ourselves a disservice. So even after we go through this practice and you start to begin to figure out what your values are, continue to keep an open mind. You're going to evolve as a person, and as you learn more, as you gain more information, as you gain more life experience, your values may shift or change a little bit, and that gets to be okay. And so if we can come at this with the beginner's mindset where we're willing to question everything, where we're willing to start with a clean slate, and we're willing to look at all of the things that we already have with us in a very objective manner, we're going to get further than if we cling to things 
and we say, this is absolutely who I am. I can't give this up or I won't be me anymore. No one's going to force you to give up anything, but we are going to get curious with things because you may be surprised how some of your values might actually be your parents' values and with just a tiny bit of shaping can become more comfortable for you and they might serve you better. So if we can get curious with all values, even the ones that we think never need to be questioned, we can shape them to fit our life in a very tailor fit way versus just taking on the values of our parents or our past religion or society or whatever. So like we talked about values, they guide our behavior and they provide us with a personal code of conduct. Okay. So when we talk about values, so often what comes up is morality and Values do provide us with a personal code of conduct, okay? They provide us with our own personal code of ethics. Not very long ago, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I posted something in my social media stories and my aunt, who's very religious, saw it and we were having a back and forth conversation. I love my conversations with her. She's got a completely different worldview than me, but she's open to having a discussion and I can say whatever I want to say and she gets to say whatever she wants to say and we I don't know that we always hear one another completely, but we allow one another to say whatever we need to say and I love that about this particular aunt. And what I said is that, you know, we don't need religion to be moral people. And she disagreed with that. We went back and forth. And I think that morality doesn't have to come from religion. I think for some people it does come from religion. And I think it really has to do with what your values are. If one of your core values is obedience and particularly obedience to God— then, yeah, a big part of your morality is going to come from your religion because that's how your personal code of conduct is shaped. For a long time, obedience was one of my core values. Not just obedience to God, but obedience to parents, obedience to the speed limit, obedience to the laws of the land, obedience to authority of all kinds. I was very much a rule follower. I didn't even really think about the rules all that much. If there was a rule, I would follow it because obedience was something that I think was handed to me, to be really honest, but obedience was something that had been hammered into my psyche so much that I would say it was probably one of my top three values. Being obedient being the teacher's pet, being the rule follower, the law-abiding citizen, the good girl, was such a part of my personal code of conduct that for me, morality did come from religion because it was all about obedience. It came from following the law as well because it was all about obedience. Obedience is not one of my core values anymore. I've replaced it with free thinking. Free thinking and critical thinking are core values of mine. Being able to think freely and openly about anything and everything, to question everything, is very, very important to me. And so as you can imagine, religion now poses a problem 
to my personal value system. And so I don't find morality, my own personal code of conduct doesn't come from religion anymore. It actually goes against organized religion, I should say, goes against my personal code of ethics because I value free thinking and the ability to question everything and the ability to get curious about everything and learn about everything. That is interesting, right? Everything that I want to question or learn about, I can question and learn about. All of that is on the table. It's on the table for me, for my husband, for my kids, for anyone in my sphere of influence. That is a way that I live my life. My kids are allowed to question me. They're allowed to be curious about why things are the way they are. They're allowed to say, I don't think this is fair. I need to understand more. Can we sit down and talk about how we can make this work better for both of us? Because I value the ability to question, the ability to think freely, and the ability to learn and to talk about things. And so that might not be everyone's value, but that is my value. And so it weaves through everything. But if your value is obedience, religion may be a great way to carry out your own personal code of conduct. If you're a person without religion, though, you can still be a moral person as long as you are living in alignment with your own personal code of ethics. And in order to live in alignment with your own personal code of ethics, you need to know what you value. You may value empathy or kindness or justice or relationships or generosity or loyalty or for like me, mental and emotional health. You may value consent or a host of other things that will drive a moral life. The thing I think we forget is that we are social beings. Literally, our brains are wired for us to connect. Remember I was talking in a previous episode about three different layers of our brain. In the most layman's terms possible, we've got a lizard brain. This is like our survival brain. It thinks about food and survival and sex and sleep, those kinds of things, right? Keeping us safe from danger. So we've got our lizard brain. Then on top of that, as we evolved as a species, a mammalian brain developed on top of the lizard brain. So we all still have a lizard brain. And then on top of that is our mammalian brain. And our mammalian brain is all about connecting with one another, about caring for one another. It's all about, you know, survival of the group. And because we have that part of our brain, that part of our brain naturally makes us want to look out for one another. We are connected when other people in our group are sad or when they're going through a hard time. You felt that pull from your heart when someone's sick or when someone dies or when someone has a baby. When things happen in our social group, that mammalian part of our brain wants to draw closer and to care for and to connect with others. And then on top of that, 
we have our prefrontal cortex, which is the executive function of our brain. That's where the logic and the ability to critically think and just all of that happens in that brain. So we've got our human brain that is wrapped around our mammalian brain and our lizard brain. And so we are naturally imbued with this desire to connect and to care for one another. I know that there are people out there going, but why do we want to kill each other? And why do we do these awful things? And a lot of that is social conditioning. A lot of that has to do with our childhoods and the trauma that we go through. So many of us, I would say all of us, have trauma from childhood and from earlier in life. But there are those of us who grow up in highly traumatic situations as children where hurting other people feels like survival because we weren't safe to be loved. We weren't safe to feel love. We weren't safe in any way, shape, or form. So we fight for survival. We almost get stuck in that fight or flight place in our lizard brains. We are not accessing the mammalian function of our brain. And so we're in fight or flight, which means everyone's our enemy. It's us against the world. Does that make sense? So when we're able to access our mammalian brain, when we're not in trauma, when we are healthy humans, we naturally want to connect and care for one another. It's just who we are. We are wired for connection. And when we don't get connection, when we don't feel safe, when we don't feel like who we are is acceptable and worthy, that's when things go haywire. And so morality comes from that desire to want to connect and serve and love and lift others and also from the desire we have as humans that curiosity that comes from the human brain to learn and to grow and to expand and to you know get curious and to innovate and create and all of those things we have so many innate beautiful things about us as humans and when we can tap into which of those feel the most important to us, we have an inner compass that helps us direct our behavior in a way that feels ethical and moral to us. All right, when we honor our personal core values consistently, we're going to experience fulfillment. And I know that's something that we all want. We all want to feel really good about the direction of our lives. And the way that we can do this is we line up our life choices and our behaviors with our core values. When we're in alignment, we feel confident. We feel just good. And when we don't, when we feel out of alignment, we may find ourselves breaking down or reaching for our numbing behaviors to deal with the dissonance. So you can tell when you're living out of alignment with your values because either you're living with heaps of guilt and shame or you are reaching for your numbing that we talked about during the cognitive dissonance episode as well as I think we did an episode all about numbing behaviors. So if that sounds like something that you might be doing, if you're finding that you're doing behaviors that help you avoid difficult emotions, or if there's something that you're doing that you are like, why do I keep doing this to myself? I hate this behavior of mine. Why do I keep doing this when I know that it's not serving me and it's not what I want? 
I almost guarantee that if you have a behavior like that in your life, it is a numbing behavior that is helping you escape dissonance. It's helping you escape the fact that you're out of alignment with your core values, okay? So when we have difficult feelings to feel and we don't feel capable of feeling them or we're afraid to feel them, we reach for numbing behaviors. Or you may find that when you're out of alignment, you stuff emotion. That may be something that you do to numb as well. Maybe you just put it in a box and you stuff it and you stuff it and you stuff it until you break down. And breaking down can look like exploding in anger or it can look like having a depressive episode. It can look like having panic attacks. It can look like, you know, just getting to a place where you are a hot ball of, you know, snotty tears. It can be any of those things. It can be insomnia. There are many different ways that our bodies break down. You could get sick. You guys, I keep thinking of ones. Our bodies will break down in different ways, will break down emotionally in different ways whenever we are living out of alignment consistently, okay? The other thing I think is interesting is when we aren't clear about what our personal core values are, we have a tendency to turn to society or culture or religion or media to tell us what we should value. So in the vacuum of knowing what our values are, we will turn elsewhere and have people impose their values on us. And for many of us, we've lived our entire lives that way. I lived my entire life with other people's values all the way up, I would say, until maybe two years ago. The way that looked for me is I lived with my parents and the church's values and probably some societal values as well. But I lived with those values all the way up probably until I was 30. I probably added a couple of my own values during that time, but at 30, I had a huge breakdown. I was diagnosed with clinical depression, but even then, even though I was burning off some old behaviors, those values remained. I just found a way to like work them in a way that felt more nourishing to my life. And I lived with the same values, but kind of different behaviors. I kind of reworked the values. I shaped them a little bit better so they fit my life a little bit better. But I still lived with those all the way up until I was 37 when I gave myself permission to leave the church. And then from there, I still had those values. And there was a lot of dissonance between... I really feel like I want to live this way. This would feel good. And my value saying, no, but you're supposed to be obedient. No, we defer to authority. No, you can't trust yourself. So I had a lot of messages inside of me that stemmed from this value that obedience was one of the paramount things in my life. I still had a lot of messages coming up that stemmed from this core value I had that obedience was like the best thing, the biggest thing, one of my most defining characteristics. And I still had a lot of beliefs coming up that stemmed from this value of 
I'm supposed to be obedient. I'm an obedient woman. As long as my value was obedience and I defined myself by being the good girl, by being the compliant girl, by being the rule follower, it was really difficult for me to live a life where I was marching to the beat of my own drum and where I was bringing up religious harm and where I was helping people in a way that I had been taught was disobedient to the organization and to my parents. It took me two years of sitting in that cognitive dissonance to finally recognize something doesn't feel right here. I don't like this. What is it? And recognizing, oh my gosh, I still have a value I'm carrying around that I should be obedient, that I should defer to authority. And when I recognized that, then I was able to say, look, obedience isn't serving me. I now choose obedience is not one of my values. Free thinking is one of my values. I value independent thought and questions and critical thinking. And so anytime that obedience voice would come up at that point, I could say, hey, 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 I know that's the old programming. I know you feel like you want to be obedient because we live that way for 39 years of our life. But actually the new core value, we value independent thinking and critical thinking. And you're allowed to question everything. Which means sometimes you may march to the beat of your own drum independent of everyone else in society. And that gets to be okay. Because we're living in alignment with this core value now. This is who we are. This is what we value. This is what we believe now. And so we don't have to listen to the old programming. And it was really helpful. All right. So let's go ahead and we're going to talk about how we can use our emotions. Because you guys know I love emotional intelligence. And I think our emotions really are the keys to our inner knowing. So many of us have been living with our logical brain and we have been offline from the emotional intelligence that we have inside of us. And so connecting those two things, having that mind-body connection really gives us a lot of intuition. And I find that I tap into my emotions quite often, several times throughout the day, in order to understand what I'm experiencing what I think about things, how things feel to me, and really get that primal wisdom from inside of me. And we're going to do that here with developing our values. There are four main emotions we're going to focus on today. And if you don't know how to name your emotions, that's really important to do this exercise. Go back earlier. I think it's in February or March. I have a episode that is all about understanding your emotions, being able to name them, label them. That is all so important for this. Go back if you don't know how to do that before you do this next part, because this next part will really rely heavily on you being able to tell what you're feeling and label what you're feeling and then get curious with that feeling. The first one is excitement. Excitement is an emotion that can guide us to what we want more of in our life. 
So pull out that pen and paper that we talked about earlier. And I want you to get curious. Pause as much as you need to throughout this. Allow yourself some time. If you don't have time right now, if you're driving or you're in a noisy place with kids or it's just a hectic part of your day, maybe pause right here and come back to this later because we're going to do some introspection for probably the next 10 minutes, okay? If you're in a comfy place, I want you to write at the top of your page what makes me excited or feel expansive. And that expansive feeling is that, you know, where your heart feels like it opens up or you can almost feel your body just reaching for and wanting to embrace this thing. What lights you up? Give yourself a moment to really write through that and then come back when you're ready. Now, why do these things light you up? What is it about these things that lights you up or makes you excited? Is it all of it or is it certain parts of it? Is it that thing in certain situations? Get as detailed as possible. Next question, what am I experiencing in the moment that is so fun or interesting or fulfilling? Why does it engage me? And then when you're ready, what core values might you be fulfilling in these moments? What are some of the things, some values you might be experiencing in these moments? Is it connection? Is it creativity? Is it freedom? Is it learning? Is it exploration? Is it adventure? Is it quiet? What is it about this activity that is so appealing to you? What deep need does it fulfill for you? And what values might that be stemming from? And then, how could you create more of these moments in your present life? It doesn't have to be this exact activity, but once you have an idea of what values or needs it's fulfilling, are there other activities that you could do that would bring you more of that value or that fulfillment? If not, are there ways you could incorporate more of this one particular activity into your life so that you could get more of that value and fulfillment? Okay, the next one, contentment and peace. You guys all know what contentment and peace feel like, right? It's just that calm, that feeling of everything's right in the world, right? What makes you feel contented and peaceful. What activities, experiences, people, or places bring this feeling to you? What is happening in the moment that brings the feeling of peace and contentment? And I want you to get as specific as possible. If you're out on a nature trail, which is one of mine, I feel contented and peaceful every time I go camping. But it's not the whole experience that brings me peace and contentment. 
I definitely don't find peace and contentment packing our car to go camping. I feel excitement about getting to go camping, but the whole experience of packing the tent and the tarp and figuring out how we're going to eat outdoors and stuff like that is not really something I love, but I love once we get there. And for me, it is family connection, getting to go with my family and spend time without electronics, just completely focused. Love that. I love the quiet. I like being able to hear the crickets chirping. I love the sun shining through the trees. I love the sound of the wind through the pines that sounds like water. I love the smell of the dirt. I love the texture of the rock. I love that it's taking me out of the hectic busyness of life and everything slows down. I like the quiet, the slow, the connection, and nature. There is something for me about nature that brings me so much contentment. Being outside in the sunshine around plants is amazing to me. So get really clear with yourself. I don't, you can't see what I just did there, but I closed my eyes and I visualized it and I was telling you everything that just brought me this deep sense of calm and contentment and peace. Something else that brings me contentment and peace about that is I can hear my own thoughts. There's so much quiet. It's almost like a sustained meditation when I go camping. And I love that. So what is happening in the moment that brings the feeling of peace or contentment? What core values am I fulfilling when I do these things or spend time with these people or places? So for me, quiet time or introspection, time to think and to process, the ability to be with myself and get curious with myself is a core value. Connection with my family, particularly my husband and my two children, is a core value. It's interesting because I wrote family one time and I have conflictual relationships with some of my family. And that didn't feel in alignment. Having a core value of family, which was very much part of my religion, that family is something that we value no matter what. And for me, that meant no matter what abuse, right? That we value family without boundaries, without limits. And that didn't fit. That wasn't helpful for me. So I had to get really, really clear that my relationships right now with my husband and my two kids were my core values, but even then, with boundaries, with respect, with love, and with compassion. And that has extended now to other family members. I had to start with my core family, and it's expanded out from there. 
and anyone that is willing to have a family relationship with me with boundaries, with trust, with respect, with compassion and empathy, then that is a connection I value. And how can you create more of these experiences in your life now? So just getting curious, are you making time for those experiences that bring those things to you that you value so much? And y'all, as you're doing these exercises, allow yourself to write any word that comes to mind. We're basically making a word cloud of every word that comes to mind for values. You may end up with 40 to 100 words on your page of values, and I'm going to take you through the process of whittling that down to your core values, okay? So give yourself permission to write anything that comes to mind that feels like a value. The next emotion we're going to explore is anger. What makes you feel angry? And this may feel odd that we're using anger to trace our values, but I want you to think about it. When you're angry, it's because you feel like something should have happened differently. And I want you to pay attention to what you feel like should have happened. What do you value that you feel like isn't being honored or respected? When we get angry, it's because we feel like something has gone against our values. How can I set boundaries with myself and others to make sure these values are more likely to be honored and respected in the future? Allow yourself to get curious with your anger. Our anger is an invitation to get to know ourselves better. Our anger is an invitation to protect ourselves, to set boundaries for ourselves, to make safe spaces for ourselves. Your anger is so useful. Anger does not have to be a huge explosion. Remember when we're living out of alignment with our values? That's when we have meltdowns. That's when we have breakdowns. That's when we have explosions. It's when we don't pay attention to those messages and we stuff them or we numb them. But when we're able to say, whoa, okay, that triggered me. I'm angry. What is going on with that anger? And get curious with it. Then we get to do something about it before the pot ever begins to boil over. We notice when it's bubbling and we're like, whoa, the pot's bubbling. What's going on here? Why am I at a simmer? And because you do something about it when it's at a simmer, it never gets to a rolling boil. It never pops the top off the pot. Okay? So a lot of us have this idea that anger is this big explosive thing because I think a lot of us lived with people who were stuffing a whole lot of emotions and probably had some rage issues because of it. Or they had depression or anxiety issues because they took on the martyr complex, right? It doesn't have to be like that. Anger is not our enemy. Anger is just a communication. And so in this instance, anger can help us know what we don't like as a way to help us figure out our values. We feel angry when we feel like our values have been violated. So really listen to what you feel like should be happening when you get angry. What do you value that isn't being honored or respected? 
And again, remember, write down any words that come to mind. The next one is guilt. I know we're, we're talking about the fun emotions now, right? So guilt is an emotion that tells us when our behavior is out of alignment with our values. And shame can kind of do this too. They're kind of closely related, but I really want you to listen for the guilt messages. Remember, shame is I am bad. It's really hard to hear your values when you're in that feeling of unworthiness. But listen for when you're feeling like, oh, I did something I'm not proud of. It's in those moments when your behavior is out of alignment with your values that you can trace to your values. This one can be a little bit tricky, though, because as we come out of religious trauma, we likely still harbor values from our religion that we no longer wish to keep. You may feel guilt from time to time about things you used to value, but you no longer do. Remember, I was talking about feeling guilt about speaking out publicly about religious harm, even though my obedience messages told me that I was supposed to leave the religion and stay silent about it. That good people, rule followers, they didn't leave the church and keep talking about it. We would leave the church alone. So I told you earlier that I had this old messaging about obedience, right? And as I'm becoming an activist against religious harm, and as I'm becoming an activist for mental and emotional health, it went against my obedience messages that I should be quiet if I leave the church, that I shouldn't have a voice, that that's what good girls would do. Good girls and boys leave the church and then they don't say anything. And that would come up occasionally and I would feel guilt about my public voice about religious harm. So be aware that that is something as we're deconstructing that will happen. You'll feel guilt, but just get curious with it because getting curious is going to allow you to figure out what is the message underneath this. What is the value I feel like I have violated? And actually, is that my value or is that one I want to release? Just be aware of what makes you feel guilty and ask yourself, what value do I feel like I'm dishonoring right now? And is this a value I want to keep in my life? Does this value help me become who I want to be now and in the future? Don't worry about how it affected your past. The past is in the past. We can't change the past as much as we might want to. What we're focused on is how does this value affect me now? And how does it affect me going forward? Because that's all we have any control over. So it can be really, really tempting whenever we catch a value that we have that's left over from the past life, from our religious life, to then want to go back and see how that value affected all of our decisions in the past. And you can do that for sure. Like that's part of deconstructing is looking, how did I make decisions and how did it influence my behavior in my past life? But do know that we can't go back and then change our life from our perspective now. Everything that happened in our past brought us to this place. No matter how traumatic or awful it was, it's given us empathy. It's given us the ability to understand and critically think. We are the person we are now with the skills and the knowledge 
and the empathy and the kindness and the compassion that we have now because of what we experienced. I hate that many of us had to have these experiences. And yet, when I look back at the trauma I had in my past life, even though my trauma was different than other people's trauma, I love who I am. And part of who I am was shaped by the experiences I had. So it'll be tempting here to want to go back and almost whisper in your teenage self's ear, you don't have to value that. Or whisper in your 20-year-old self's ear, you don't have to value that. We can't save our past self, but we can absolutely change everything that's going on in the present, which will affect everything that's going on in the future. Just be aware of that. And then you can ask yourself, is this a tie to the old paradigm that I'd like to release? And you get to give yourself permission to release anything that isn't serving you anymore. So let guilt be an awareness tool, but don't let it be an absolute guide to your values at this time. Because remember, you're going to feel some guilt sometimes because you're out of alignment with your own personal values and sometimes because you're out of alignment with values from the group or from your parents or from your childhood that are no longer serving you. And that gets to be okay. All right. Once you have your word cloud, you've written things down. If you've just written sentences and allowed yourself to vomit journal, that's amazing too. And for those of you that don't know what vomit journaling is, it's just a stream of consciousness journaling whatever comes out, whether it makes sense or doesn't. You're just getting words on the page, whatever you're thinking, until you feel complete. So if you did vomit journaling, now go back and like make a word cloud of all the values that came out. So take a piece of paper and put every word that you can think of that came up, okay? And now we're going to go through organizing them so that we can take this huge cloud of words because you probably have somewhere between 40 to 100 words. Take this huge cloud of words and we are now going to parse them out into groups which will help us get down to our core values. All right, so you're going to take all these words and I want you to look at them and start putting them into groups that have the same sort of feeling or energy, okay? You might put like honesty, loyalty, integrity, accountability, things like that all in one group, right? Or you might have relationships and family and connection and love in another group. So go ahead and pause, take the time you need to then put these things in groups. And I want you to look at each group and what is the central theme of each group. So for me, I was telling you about the values that I had in that cloud of integrity, loyalty, accountability, transparency was another one. And I put integrity as the central theme. It was one of the values, but it seemed to sort of apply to honesty, loyalty, accountability, transparency, authenticity, all of these different words really came down to being in integrity with my core values and my true self, right? Making sure that I was being who I knew myself to be in all situations and being honest about that self. So integrity was the word I chose there. 
for that group over there that was like love and connection and family and friendship and all of those sorts of words, I actually put the word intimacy. I value real intimate connections where we're not just surface talking, but like we're getting down to the core of who we are and we're connecting at that level. So I put intimacy there because I value authentic connections with all of the people and all of those words in that group. Choose a theme for each group. Once you've got that done, your next step is to determine your core values. Okay, so now at this point, you might have, I don't know, 10 to 20 themes going on on your page. And what we're going to do is we're going to really narrow that down. We're looking for about five to 10, okay? Fewer than five, we don't really get a full idea of who we are as a person. Like we don't really capture our whole essence. And more than 10, it's just too many to remember and we can't utilize our values very well. So I want you to look at your themes for each group. Which of those themes are essential to your life? Not like, oh, that'd be nice to have, but like, I have to have this to feel happy. This has to be a part of me to feel happy. Intimacy, I must have to feel happy. Integrity, I must have to feel happy and fulfilled. I want you to really look at which ones are essential to your life. Which values represent your primary way of being? Which values are necessary to support your inner self? I find that that question was the most helpful for me. Which of these values are necessary to support my inner self? It kind of helped me get rid of some of the fluff of what I felt I should value. Just pay attention as you're choosing values to how often you're like, Oh, but I want people to see me as this kind of person, or I should value this, or people would think better of me if I value this. Really pay attention to those things as they come up and then get curious with it, right? That's what we do. When we notice those resistance messages come up, when we notice the shoulds, we get curious with them and we ask them questions like, who says I should? Where did that message come from? Is that something I actually believe? Is that something I actually value? And release anything that doesn't serve you. Really get clear with yourself and try to limit that list down to five or 10 core values. The next step is actually really fun and creative. You're gonna take each one of those five to 10 values and create a value statement. And what you're looking to do is evoke an emotional response because remember things stick better when they evoke emotion in us when we have an emotional connection to it make your statements as rich and meaningful as possible and you can get as poetic as you want you're trying to paint a picture for yourself about this value and how you plan to live it or implement it in a way that's meaningful to you all right, and then after you've done that, what you're going to do is put your list away for a full 24 hours. I want you to go sleep, live your life, do all of that, and then come back after you're well-rested and review it. 
read each one of your value statements. How do they make you feel? If it doesn't evoke emotion, find a way to rewrite it where it does. Do they feel consistent with who you are? Check in. You can even ask your inner knowing, is this me? You can read the statement aloud and then ask yourself, does that feel right? And listen for that gut punch. Listen for that inner wisdom of, yes, that feels right. Or no, that doesn't feel right. And if you get a no, that's okay. Just get curious with it and say, like, what parts of it don't feel right? Or just, you know, start picking it apart and figure out what doesn't feel right. This is a big one. Do any of them feel like someone else's value? Like it just doesn't quite fit. You know, whenever you would borrow your best friend's clothes in high school or in college, maybe you didn't do that. I definitely did that. Sometimes I'd spend the night at someone's house and I didn't have my own things and they would let me borrow their clothes for a little bit and they just don't fit like your clothes. Does anything feel like that to you? Does anything kind of fit? Like you can fit in it, but it's not as comfortable as it could be. It's rubbing a little bit in the wrong places. Really pay attention to that. Does anything feel like someone else's value, like it came from an authority or society? And often these are going to feel like things you should value. So really pay attention to those. Those are not your core values if you're feeling that way. Go back to the drawing board, really look at that, figure out, is that something I actually value or something I just have been conditioned to believe I should value? And then give yourself permission to make changes. Nothing is final here. This list gets to be fluid. This is a snapshot of your personal values right now. And it will change as you evolve. And that gets to be okay. I am so excited for you guys. Figuring out my values and how I could continue to evolve them as I evolved as a person has given me so much confidence. It's given me the ability to live a life that feels rooted even when I have people in my life that believe I'm wrong. Knowing that I'm in my values and living in alignment with those, I think more than any other thing has helped me feel anchored and directed and the words that are coming up is like a good person I know what my values are I can vocalize them that was actually one of the things I loved about religion is I could tell you what I believed and what I valued and there's something really anchoring about that to be able to voice this is what I believe this is what I value and you can do that for yourself now And we'll start with the values. You can figure out, this is what I value. And so that when you make decisions, they're rooted in these values that you can verbally talk about. They're conscious. And so when you start to feel maybe a little bit of guilt about something or when someone says something, you know, snarky or upset about what you're doing now or what you believe now or how you're living now, It's easier to let that roll off because you're like, okay, well, they're talking about that from their set of values, but I know I'm making this choice because it supports this value of mine and I'm living in alignment with myself and it just feels really good. 
It feels really fulfilling. And I am so excited to see you root into a more fulfilling life that is purpose-filled and feels expansive and delightful to you. I want to see you know that you're spending your moments in ways that really line up with who you are at your core, regardless of what that is. You get to create whatever feels good for you. You are free to build whatever life sounds the most delicious and fulfilling to you. And here's the really cool thing. When we build lives that feel delicious and fulfilling to us, it's easier for us to allow other people to choose a life that feels in alignment for them, even if it's not a life we would choose for ourselves. We get to allow other people that freedom because we are free. It's from this place that we create so much more tolerance because as we live lives this way, we also unconsciously give permission to everyone in our circle to live more freely, to live more in alignment, living your life in alignment with your personal core values and living a life of tolerance born of that freedom and fulfillment that you'll feel will subconsciously set so many people free in your circle. And it is so fun to watch. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to talking to you next Sunday and really just look forward to me talking about course material. We're going to be talking a lot about rediscovering who your true self is and what you believe and value and want and all those things as I'm perfecting this app and getting ready. And it's just here to pump you up for when the app goes live in September. And I can't wait. I will let y'all know first when it goes live so that you can be some of the very first people to experience it. And I look forward to your feedback. It's just going to get better and better and better. Like all of us, as we give ourselves permission to grow and to change and to be That's what I'm giving the app. I'm giving it permission to show up as its best self right now and to grow and evolve with all the input from you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this. And we will see you next Sunday.